right, You're listening to Beyond 6, Santa Ana, California, 92705. We are open on Monday through Thursday from 3 to 9, Friday and Saturday from 12 to 9, and Sunday from 12 to 6. We have 15 beers on tap with rotating seasonal options. We also have a cask night and taco Tuesday every Tuesday from 3 to 9. And we also feature vinyl Sundays where you can come and choose your own record and we play your music for you. We'll see you soon, Santa Ana. Cheers. Yes, you are listening to Hits One One Radio. It's Beyond the Bike Show. I want okay. chips and salsa now. <laughs> <laughs> Please disregard this music. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we had we have a special guest in the studio, Kimmy Runner. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And Lee. she requested mariachi music, si, which <sighs> I don't know si, if that's mariachi quitter. music, but it's it's close enough. It was close. Vicente Fernandez. You can't go wrong with that, right? <laughs> right, Jordan? I like how you knew that. <laughs> <laughs> he knew the words. He was singing along. And, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna start off with uh, some Mexican beer, carta, carta blanca. Right? Cheers, Jordan. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Tastes taste all the same. Right? Beer is beer. Actually, that's really good. Okay. All right. Well, I <laughs> guess it's not all the same, huh? I'm about that. <laughs> Never heard of it. I'm all about it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's from Mexico, man. I assumed with a name. <laughs> <laughs> Kimmy Runner, what have you been up to? You've been you've been running, haven't you? I've been doing a little bit of running. Yes. Yeah. Uh huh. I've been doing some writing as well. Don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, running has been has been fun lately. <laughs> Jordan actually, Jordan which I Jordan never thought I would say like, This guy. Yeah. 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 All right, Kimmy, we're we're gonna catch up with you. What have you been up to? You just said that. <laughs> what I did? You literally just said well, that. Well, I've question. been running. <laughs> She's been running. Forrest Gump, man. Come on. Dude, you, were, you literally asked the same question twice. So she's been running. <laughs> she has so been how, running. How, how, uh, oh, I mean, besides that, like, well, like mm-hmm. overall, like, what have you been up to? Overall, like, well, new, new, new job. Yeah, new job this year. It's been awesome. It's been absolutely amazing. It's out of the cycling industry, which one would think you'd ride less, but I actually uh, ride more. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's fun. It's for me. It's fun. A lot of racing this year. A lot of structured training this year, and I was really pumped to do it. Nice. Interesting. So that was good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes working in the industry is kind of tricky because I feel like mm-hmm. it's like mixing business with pleasure. So you, yeah. don't, you don't ride as much. That was yeah. my thing. When I worked at the bike shop for a couple of years, I felt like I kind of went down with my riding. Mm-hmm. And once I got out, I was like, let's go ride. For sure. <laughs> but I mean, it was it's different because it was in a fun way, of course. You know, you're surrounded by like-minded, passionate people who all love riding and everything. You know, how awesome is it that your job is your passion yeah but you do it 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 is work it's still hard work of course Mm -hmm. and so a lot of writing is hard is work and um 
so yeah, you just, you're more surrounded in the industry by like-minded people versus out training for your own yeah. team, your own goals, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I felt this year that I had a lot of that going on. So it was really still in year on the bike. Yeah. Sweet. What did, what did, uh, what were we training for this year? The big one was Old Pueblo, 24 hours of Old Pueblo this year. It was my third year in a row heading to that race and coming off of La Ruta, having some time off the bike, having the holidays. Well, I mean, I jumped right back into structure training probably about three weeks after La Ruta. And I was really keen. Like I had the plan down. I had the nutrition dialed. And I went into 2018 pretty confident on that I would be able to hopefully podium at Old Pueblo. It always depends on who shows up, of course, you know, but I knew that I was in the best shape I could be for leading up to that race. And I had a secret goal of 12 laps, which would be the longest ride I'd ever done. And on the single speed, uh, on the mountain bike just made it that much sweeter. So I wanted 12 laps, which would have netted me 200 miles. Wow. And that's insane. (laughs) It was, (laughs) it was, it was pretty interesting what happens to the human body. I mean, I, hopefully I could, on paper, use that to propel myself to have 200 miles feel a little bit better than it did the last time. It felt great up until about mile 185. And then the systems in your body just start acting all kinds of wacky and Mm -hmm. weird. And my heart was doing weird things and I was breathing, but I wasn't getting oxygen. Like it was, it was interesting the last 15 miles or so, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It was, it was a phenomenal day on the bike. And the first 12 hours I went into it with pretty stiff gearing because I know that course well. I know how flat it is and uh, or f- how flat parts of it are. And so I went into it with running a 32.18 this year. Um, That's pretty sizable mm-hmm. for that long of a ride. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's it wasn't. A... And it felt great. The first 12 hours, uh, I was I was winning. I was, um, I was fending off the, not only fending off second and third, but I was putting more and more time into them. And that was the first time I'd been in that position to be winning the race and setting the pace wow. for the race for that's, the first 12 I mean, hours. And that's insane because, I mean, you're, it was you're, crazy. you're like halfway there. <laughs> See, and that's the other part of it. I wasn't racing a 12-hour race. I was racing a 24-hour race. So shame on me, you know. Went too hard. Uh, I didn't feel well enough. So I should have grabbed the bacon hand ups. I didn't. I was on a mission just trying to yeah. break the girls who were holding second and third, which I did, but it came at a price. You know, you start feeling the muscles break down in your body and it, it's a really weird feeling. And so mm. I felt that around 13 hours or so. And I'm like, oh, I still have a ways to go. Legitimate protein in my system. So yeah. I, I broke. I took a break for an hour and a half or so and got legitimate food in my system and protein. And tried to recover the legs a little bit to go out and lay laps down the rest of the time. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, well, the girl who was now first and second place, I was like, they're going to break. They're going to break. They're going to break. Everybody breaks. Even if it's just for 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there, everybody breaks. First place just didn't, man. She just kept going. She just kept going. And I found myself... At first place, it was very defeating. I'd never felt so defeated for that six hours following that because I had gone from first all the way to drop down to like sixth or seventh. And it's mentally, that's where all the mental training comes in. It's like mentally, 
how do you get back on the bike and keep laying laps down? How do you keep putting in a hard effort in the middle of the night when it's freezing cold and you already have 120 miles under your belt, you know? And so it was just over and over again, just keep putting pedal strokes in, just keep putting pedal strokes in and trust that something will happen. And at that point I was like, just one place up from where I'm at right now would be stellar. Mm -hmm. And then I kept thinking that might come maybe after this lap. And then, you know, the pit crew would tell me my placement and it hadn't happened. And then the next lap, and, you know, you're talking hours at this point. So yeah. it's like five hours later and I hadn't moved up in the rankings at all. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there was some movement um, a couple hours later. And I was like, all right, I'm back in, you know, whatever it was, second or third or something like that. And that helped. <laughs> come sun- Come sunrise, that helped. So well, let's let's good. let's rewind a little <coughs> bit and, and talk about your your structured training mm, and and, mm-hmm. and what it entailed mm-hmm. and your nutrition because I know mm-hmm. y- you you played a big part of what I did last year which <laughs> this year I slacked off but oh did you now Lou yeah uh-huh. yeah I know we can dive into that a little <laughs> nope. further if you like <laughs> nope <laughs> you're right in front of me how man many, <laughs> how many cans of beer do we have well Michelob Ultra is not technically oh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not drinking all <laughs> that, that one doesn't count but um, the tequila yeah that's good that's no, whiskey uh-huh. whiskey no, oh but whiskey that, but that's keto you, you can be you can be on keto and, and drink whiskey no problem <laughs> right but uh, you know you know um, keto and drunk yeah right <laughs> People don't know, like, Kimmy, you're the one that, that you know, really got me going to, to do this endurance racing, mm-hmm. you know. And my goal last year was the, the eight hours at Vail, yep. and yep. I finished the race. You so. killed it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, yeah. it's crazy when you're talking about, like, how you can, how far you can go, like, you know, like a body can, can keep yes. going. It's like, but it's mental. Absolutely. You know? Yep. And just like we were talking about a year ago here, you know, it's like, yeah, you got to put in the miles, you got to put in the work so that the physical is ready. However, if you show up to a starting line and mentally you're not prepared, you can have physical for days and it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But if you have a little less physical, maybe, and a lot more mental, you are going to outlast. You are going to, you are going to endure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like especially endurance racing is like mm-hmm. that though, where it's mm-hmm. you can only train for so much. Like you're not going to yes. train for 200 miles. No. I mean that's that's just going to be something that you're going to have to learn how to sustain, yeah. and then the rest of it is just mental yeah. strength. The one uh, person that comes to mind, have you ever heard of uh, Courtney Dowalter? Mm-hmm. Of course. I'm assuming. Oh my gosh, yeah. She is a freaking inspiration. Have you heard of yep. her before? Mm-hmm. She is gnarly, dude. Like She's the an animal. Moab was it the Moab 250? Is what it was called. 240. Uh huh. Well, I think it was like 258 miles though. Wasn't yes. It? Yeah, but yes. she. Dude, like, what was it, 50, was it 50 hours, 48 hours or something? Mm-hmm. You want to talk about mental strength, man. I mean, like, she she's not ripped. She's, like, if you saw her, she doesn't look like she would do that kind of thing. But she, like, on the podcast with Joe Rogan, like, she was just like, yes, yeah, I, I eat, I eat nachos. And, like, which I think she's probably lying about that a little bit. <laughs> like, nachos, smoke any weed? Yeah, <laughs> all of us are rolling our eyes a little bit. But, <laughs> but uh <laughs> Either way, like she talks about like the hallucinations and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I, I didn't know if you ever experienced like that. Like, yes. the, do, you, do you get those? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like oh, what? Yeah. Like what do you what do you see? Like like. Oh man. Well, a lot of times it'll come in the form of tunnel vision or first, okay. and then. So my first year out at Old Pueblo, certainly I'd never done a twenty four hour race before, and so right around you know mile ninety or something like that ninety ninety eight mile ninety eight is what it was. You know, there are people dressed up alongside of the course. Like, there there was a guy, no joke, dressed up as Bigfoot. And all he was doing was standing on a rock somewhere out by the course. That's not creepy at all. Not creepy whatsoever. 
And so you're riding by and you're like, did I just hallucinate that? Or did that just actually happen? And <laughs> you talk to other riders, but you're scared. You're like, did you see the Bigfoot back <laughs> You just don't want to be like, like that person. Nobody wants like... to be the first person to bring that up in conversation. <laughs> nobody does. But um, so that year, you know, there were there were some questionable things that, that I saw or didn't see that weren't necessarily there. The next year I was a little more keen to it and attuned to it and obviously know the course and I was better trained and more experienced in, in those kind of distances. And I, I could have sworn I just saw the cactus because the whole course is flanked in cactus basically. You have some fire road, but for the most part it's a single track and most of it you have to like think thin, you know, because there's just gnarly cactus alongside of you. They give you an Afro pick in your swag bag to pull out the choya oh, that you get in, in your in your skin. And so that year it'd be three AM or so and I'd look around and I'm like, I swear that cactus is dancing right now. <laughs> that one too. Look at it. They're dancing together. <laughs> Especially at night too. At night, like, yeah. oh yeah. It gets it gets weird. Things get weird. And then this last year, I had more dancing cacti hallucinations, and they came around right before sunrise. And then, the like, you don't see lights for a long time, and then I would see lights, and then I would look to my right and think that there were lights next to me, and that somebody was off course following me, and there's nothing there. There's oh, no Jesus. lights there, but I, I don't know. The brain does some some really funky things. Yeah. Um, and then I would, you know, of course, think that I passed that cactus before I passed this turn before I've been here. I, I already passed this part in the course 10 minutes ago. How am I only getting to this now? Am I going around in circles? <laughs> I mean, these are the things in the middle of the night. That's that's a trip. And then it's a survival mechanism, I think, because your brain is trying to focus on getting you back to the moment that you're in. Mm -hmm. And it's like if I didn't have those equations to work out in my head, those miniature problems to solve was i here 10 minutes ago are those cactus really dancing like how would i <laughs> how would i work through how do you work through it right. you know if you don't have those things for your brain to focus on who knows what could happen you know i mean That's i have true. a very busy brain naturally so i certainly work through a lot of stuff on the bike but in those moments when you're just so sleep deprived and your body is so pushed beyond its limit what do you have to focus on mm. You're almost in a dream state, like where your lack of sleep, yes. but then your body's trying to fall asleep. Yes. And you're you're just kind of in a weird limbo. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. That's weird. I've never been to that point. It's a sweet place. <laughs> you gotta visit. It, it's a good it's a good place to visit. For me, just, just don't do it while you're driving. It'll no. take it'll probably, it'll probably take me forty miles to get there. I'm like yeah, you yeah. hundred and fifty miles. Oh man. So let's talk about training. <clears throat> yeah, let's. Well, let's talk about previous to what you're doing now. Are you mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're changing it up this year? Yeah, yeah, changing it up. Um, this upcoming year, things are gonna gonna change a little bit. I did not. I'm not going to commit to doing any 24 solos this upcoming year. I'm gonna focus on the 100 mile distance, 50 mile distance, and maybe do some team efforts here and there. Mm. It's good to kind of mix it up. The last three years, I put in really hard efforts, and obviously, something like a 24 hour race, you really have to put all your ducks in that. You know, focus on that. So this year. Um, for me, it's important to keep it fresh, and I want to come into maybe 2020 doing 24 hours of Old Pueblo again, or, you know, 24 hours of Enchanted Forest, or 24 hours of Bend, you know, a different 24-hour race. Um, but taking a year off from doing solos just to kind of rest the 
the mind a little bit and, and the body mm-hmm. and just um, do some other events that maybe I wasn't able to because so much goes into not only the training part of it, but then recovering after you're done with it. You, yeah. know? you can't really commit to doing much in the way of events right after or something like that. So, mm. so you're thinking so, epic yeah. rides? Yeah, yeah, I'll probably do I'll probably do one or two of those guys again. Um, they look fun. I lo- I lo- you should you should get out there do the whiskey fifty. I'm trying to get into training. cross country again uh, uh-huh. this year about half of this year and then uh, just the off season now I'm trying to mm-hmm. do, like I only have a cross country bike right now so I'm trying to get back into that. It's just trying to get the miles in and get the yep. endurance. I don't have that kind of endurance yet. I have yeah, the strength I think, quick. but I don't have mm-hmm. the uh, I don't have the body fat percentage. <laughs> like I'm like one eighty one eighty five. But uh, no, it's fun. Crimea River, <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Hey man. <laughs> but uh, now the endurance thing sounds fun though. It is, and it's an amazing community. You know, you can't help but fall in love with the endurance community. Yeah, it reminds me a lot with uh, cross country. Well, cross country in general, but like when I was doing cross country in high school, it was a lot of just like you're racing for yourself yes. against yourself, yes. and then all your buddies. At, like at school, you'd have like the guys that you race against, but then at the end of the day, you're all just kind of. Yep cheering each other on because you're all suffering together yeah you're all suffering together you're going through the experience together you're going to dark places and yeah low lows and high highs together all on the on the same day and all on bicycles you Mm -hmm. know and it's it's something really cool that that the endurance community offers is that camaraderie yeah that's one thing i I did experience when when i did the bill races just encouragement from from everybody you know and there's one dude he's trying to pass me in his one section and and I was like, dude, I there's like, you have to wait, man. Like, yeah. I'm trying to get out of the way for you. And he kind of went off trail, like, he broke his chain or something. Mm. Or and I'm like, you know what, dude? Like, I I pulled over and helped the guy out because oh. he didn't know he didn't know what to, he didn't know how to put a chain on or right. you know like did like the chain breaker. You know, he just didn't know. Yeah, I'm like, how could you not know this, dude? Right. And he didn't have a master link. Nope. So like, some other guy came by and gave gave us a master link. I put it all together. I was like, all right, dude, see you later, bye. You're going to laugh so hard at me if I tell you a story about what just happened at the yeah. recent 24 hours. Just, just hours the three here. We can, you can just tell the three. Yeah. <laughs> My chain broke. Wow. And <laughs> did you not know? six, I didn't have a master link. I didn't have a chain break. The oh, only guy that offered me, me an extra um, link, it was for an 11 speed, not a 12 speed. And I was I was geared. So, oh, okay. Um, so I went for a little seven-mile trail run. Wow. To get to the pits. Yeah. Shame on you. (laughs) How many chains have you broken? Honestly, during a race, that was the first. I've broken chains on rides and stuff, but not often. Single speed, no. No? No, that thing's... That thing never... It doesn't break. Mm -mm. It's like a a moto chain, like a 420 moto chain, like DID gold (laughs) chain, you know, like super thick, heavy duty, man. (laughs) (laughs) What what bikes are you riding? Uh, right now, I'm on the highball. Okay. Um, I swap between having front suspension on it or running it rigid. Aluminum frame? Uh, or a carbon? carbon? Mm-hmm. carbon? Carbon. And then the single speed is the salsa Selma tie. Nice. Yeah. Hardtails. Yep, hardtails. I have a full suspension um, that I ride sometimes, but um, yeah, I'll probably do some riding on it to felt. Didn't you have an aluminum highball at one point? No. Mm-mm. I thought you did. Someone had a white and green um, highball, aluminum single speed. Ooh. I thought it was you. No, the highball's my geared bike. I steel you can or the aluminum. I'm sorry, you can run it single speed. And that's I always toy around yeah. with that, but I tell you, once you go titanium, you don't go back. Yeah, that's what it I've is heard. So, so is, is it the uh, the compliance? Like it's just yeah for endurance yeah. riding for sure. And it's the one bike. It's that one bike 
that feels like an extension of me every time I get on it. You know, like if that makes any sense. The highball is amazing. It's great. It fits me perfectly, you know, and it feels good on the climb. Certainly it feels like a rocket ship. But the carbon, you know, I do bounce around on it a lot, and um, sometimes I feel like I really got to control it and everything like that. But something about titanium, that, and the geometry of that frame in particular, I, I don't see ever letting it go. I need to because the industry standard keeps changing every year, <laughs> and I keep having to modify the bike just to be able to ride it, and that gets mm-hmm. frustrating. But yeah, um, they don't, yeah, they don't make like an updated amazing. version of that of that bike. They stopped making the Selma. Really? Yeah, Salsa did. Is it, a, is it like the head, what, what kind of head on goes that? Pretty slack? Perfect. No, y- perfect. it is. Yeah. It really is perfect. It's, it's not perfection. quite as aggressive as the highball, certainly, but it's not as slack as some of the hardtails that are out these days. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, considering salsa, it's probably 69-ish, maybe. Mm-hmm. 68. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think 68. No, it wouldn't be 68. No. It's probably around 69. 69 mm-hmm. or 70. Who makes, yeah. who makes a, a boost titanium whatever kind of bike like that now i mean you have to custom order through moots maybe yeah moots Lightspeed probably would Lightspeed, probably does yeah. it as well mm-hmm. kono's yeah. making that raging for a while but they're mm-hmm. not doing that anymore that was a little too aggressive though yeah. probably for that kind of thing yeah i rode a raging i think i did uh the whiskey 50 on a raging actually it's fun yeah it's a fun bike just yeah. like too much just not good pedaling yeah no no yeah. Great. So, I wouldn't like regarding that. like setup on the single speed, mm-hmm. like what do you, what are the, the do's and don'ts of setting it up? Like the gearing, um, air mm-hmm. pressure, like carbon yeah. wheels, no carbon wheels. Like I run carbon wheels. You know, Ride Fast Racing makes amazing, very durable carbon wheel sets, and so I've been on Ride Fast the last two seasons, and I freaking love those wheels. They're amazing, and tires. I always run a little bit lower air pressure, especially in the rear, because you know, I don't weigh too much. And so getting the traction when you're standing out of the saddle, especially on steeps, and especially around here, we've got such loose dirt, you Mm -hmm. know, it's very easy to spin out. So, so running a little less air pressure in the back and tire compound, like tire choice. Does that, does that matter? I I switch it up. I'm a huge, huge tire geek, you know, Kenda's lineup. I, I absolutely love. And so I switch it up dependent on the race. I love me the Sabres love them they've got a little bit of that ballooning but still so it offers a little bit a tiny bit of play when you're doing the 24-hour racing and every bit of play every bit of help um, just to help absorb a little bit of the trail when you're riding that long it certainly helps me and I can feel the difference but it also is the fastest rolling tire I've ever been on it's the Mm. lightest weight and um, I really enjoy it but I've been playing around with some of their the new regolith up front love it love that tire and then for laruda i ran a prototype and on the rear and a regolith up front and i liked it a lot it slept the mud really well i don't know if it's been released yet so i can't i, I don't yeah. know if i can mention okay. it but um <clears throat> but yeah I'm, I'm running i'm trying some different combinations for next year i think so i'll probably run the regolith up front Saber in the back if I want super fast rolling and lightweight. Mm-hmm. Love cool. me those sabers. They're so good. Hmm. <laughs> what about gearing? I mean, it's just. Gearing th- is completely dependent upon the race. And it's a very important one for me, certainly. For something like Old Pueblo, there are a lot of stretches where your biggest climb is only 4% grade. But the start of that race, you know, you've got like five 
five bitches that you got to climb up and they're, they're pretty steep. They're good kickers. But then the rest of the race, you're going probably 13 miles or so without significant climbing. So you want to make up speed as much as you can. So that's where you kind of weigh the pros and cons. And the way I've always tried to do it in my head, especially for long races and 24 hour races is gear for about two thirds into the race, halfway to two thirds into the race. So at the beginning of the race, it should feel like you can go harder. It should feel like, oh, I should have geared down one more, you know? Mm-hmm. But then come the halfway point, you're going to be feeling it, and it's going to be, all right, this is about right. I'm yeah. feeling where I should feel. Mm-hmm. And Makes then sense. towards the end of the race, you're like, why didn't I go two gears higher? <laughs> you know? But that's that's any end of end of the race. So. Now, um, have you done on like mid-gearing changes? Can you do that? You can. Uh, you you can? absolutely can. Mm-hmm. I have not this last old Pueblo um, the guys in the pit were really trying to get me to go out for a 13th lap. I had the time to do it. It's not a hard cutoff time. The race is noon to noon and you have to be out on your last lap when noon hits. Okay. So you can, so it's you an f- interesting way of doing it, but obviously everybody stays around for awards that way. So mm-hmm. it's also smart as a race director. So um, what people do if they wrap up the race early, they just don't cross through the timing tent until 1201. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you kind of work with each other to find, well, you were in this place, you were in this place and stuff like that. And cross through the timing in that in that placement Mm -hmm. if you finish early. So technically, I had plenty of time to get a 13th lap in. And the guys, part of that were like, we'll throw a 21 tooth on the back. That way you can just spin and... I thought about it and debated it, and it wouldn't have changed my placing. I had, I had clinched uh, third place, and so um, I was I was keen to not put my body through, mm-hmm. not risk you don't have <laughs> to. what could have been heart failure. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Yeah, so the gearing choices is a very interesting one. I think we are so spoiled um, learning how to ride in Orange County and riding in Orange County and all of Southern California. We have very steep trails. We have yeah. all terrain and steep trails. We come down to do. Baja. Yeah, Baja, <laughs> Baja is no joke. Oh my gosh, doing that. I need an um, e-bike next time I go down. There. Yeah, <laughs> for real. George shaking his How head. Dare you. Yeah, they they are no joke actually. <laughs> but again, it's the same mountain range. It's mm-hmm. the same type of mountains all the yeah. way down the Baja coast. So they mm-hmm. experience the exact same types of. I mean, the train's a little bit different, but and certainly the trails are very different. Man, it's good times down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember doing the um, Baja Hundred. It's not a what was that? The Baja Hundred. Oh yeah, which now I think is called the Baja Epic. Yeah, yeah, the Baja Epic. Mm -hmm. I got to do that a couple years ago um, when I was working with Red Monkey, and oh my gosh, that was such a phenomenal race. But I decided I'm just going to do it rigid. (laughs) Not wrong. All the locals (laughs) are staring at me like, "What is this white girl doing?" (laughs) Like, yeah, I'm here on my rigid carbon bike. It's going to be great. I mean, it was, don't get me wrong, it was good on the climbs come um, 80k or 90k, but that was no joke. Yeah. Yeah, my arms were pretty sore for for a couple weeks. Well, hopefully you come down to our Incident of the Bike Fest. I really want to. I'm so, so pumped for you and so excited for what's what you're doing down there. I, I think you'll like the cross-country course. There's one. Oh, tor- really? Towards the end, there's like a 17% grade. Yes. For like three, eights, uh, like a third of a mile. Nice. But it gets you into like some single track. Mm-hmm. It's rewarding. Mm-hmm. So, but that nice. section is going to be. 
It's like 10 miles and like 1,600 feet of climbing. Oh, no joke. For XC, yeah. Wow. That's a good So course, 85% right? single track. Heck yeah. Yeah. What are the dates on that? Uh, Memorial Weekend, which mm-hmm. is May 24th to the 26th. Nice. 2019. 2019. Am I allowed to race that? Why not? You can't. You're going to be busy working. That's what I'm saying. Are you oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Jordan's, Jordan's part of the staff. He's part of the management. Sure. Yeah. He's also helping me with Luzian Brews, which... Yeah. I'm pumped about that. Yeah. I had a wedding the, the uh, day you did the last one, so yeah. I wasn't able to make it. I want I to lead one of the rides. It, it went it went really well. Like I heard we, that we we've probably said on the podcast too many times, but it went really well mm-hmm. in comparison to what I, I mean, at least what I thought. I thought it was going to do well, but not nearly as well as it did. Mm. And especially the the like for like the women's presence was huge. Yep. And this guy wants more. He thought it wasn't enough, and I was like, dude, we got we got a lot of girls. Not out enough there. women, Lou. Not, not enough women. Never, we, we need never. more women. <laughs> there was probably what like twenty five, thirty girls on the on the girls' ride. Yeah, nice. but we I think I think we could we can we can easily get to like fifty. Easy. Yeah. But it, like the G, is the GGR is the yeah, yeah girls gone right in so they're gonna uh, probably bring some more people out so. yeah it's it's gonna be part of their official calendar for for next year cool. so Very Wendy's cool. gonna be out there they're gonna good. have the GGR tent and nice. uh, you know Amy's doing a good job at the Orange County chapter mm-hmm. and I think she picked up some like new like mm-hmm. recruits or something mm-hmm. at the last event so yeah. they they want they want to be out for the next one and I and I I want them to be out there absolutely. you know what I mean absolutely the That's luge cool. was the very first that loop is holds a special place in my heart is the very first loop I did in clipless pedals when I was brand new. Wow. And I thought, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> the exposure. You're like, yeah, the I exposure. Can, uh, I went down the loop. <laughs> hope I can unclip. Yeah. I was left in the dust, you know, just told to go and do it. Figure it don't out. Grab the, don't push on the left brake too much, you know, more push on the right. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to get on clip pedals? Clipless. One of you. I switched. Uh, probably about a year. Yeah. yeah. About the same. Spandex took me a lot longer. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Probably took me a couple like, years. I will never wear spandex <laughs> on a bicycle. Then you wear it once. You're like, and all oh, my buddies right. are like, you'll do it once. You'll never go back. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Damn it. Nerds. Yeah. <laughs> Nerds. Yep. Exactly. So we got you got derailed from the first question, the, the structured. Uh... <laughs> Speaking of structured yeah. training. Hey, hey. <laughs> Damn it, Jordan. So. <laughs> Last year, or I guess this year, was all about super endurance, mm-hmm. or endurance, if you want to call it that. And the next year is going to be for shorter rides. So, like mm-hmm. this, this previous year, I'm assuming 2017, you trained for this year. But um, what was your routine? I guess on like a like a rough yeah. sense. No, absolutely. So I brought in basically two recovery rides, or recovery jogs, or something, or hike, or something like that a week. And then Tuesdays was was leg day. And what that entailed was um, my first coach, Damon Robertson, had me do this routine on the stationary trainer or out on the bike. But because I'd be doing these things before work, it'd be about waking up at 4 a.m., getting down in the garage and on the trainer to do this stuff. And so I had about an hour and a half of, you know, one legged pedaling at a time for a certain number of minutes. And then each week upping, uh, upping the time until, you know, you top out at three minutes a leg and then, you know trying to up the gearing as well so you're pushing harder gear because single speed training and then doing you know high cadence work where you're just moving moving around and kind of training your fast twitch muscle fibers as opposed to just the slow and so then i you know do sets of that and then some some leg stomps too to kind of get the the power the twitchy power in there 
So I had that whole routine, you know, that was about an hour and 20 minutes. Then I get off the bike and I do the strength training. And that, that was more just, um, maximum sustained power stuff. So I was doing yeah. a lot of jump squat, single leg jump squats and push ups and core work and ab work. But the leg jump squats, I tell you, I've done, I've done the intervals before I'd done the leg drills before and the adding the strength training routine with the legs in particular was, was huge. Yeah. I, it definitely helped it up my game. It, it was really cool. And I enjoyed it too, which is great. So that was Tuesdays. And then Wednesday would usually be a recovery ride or jog or something like that. Thursdays would be intervals, uh, depending on, they'd either be threshold work if I want to build, um, you know, my maximum threshold. threshold. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a better way to say that? No, really there isn't. And then the the power work too. So I, every, you know, you do three weeks on of maybe threshold work and then week recovery week and then three weeks back on of maybe power intervals for that month and um yeah try to build it that way and then weekend rides i try to do training for 24 hours you know i try to vary the times that i ride over the weekend and the length and hard efforts both days and so um so yeah i I enjoyed it. I didn't do too much single speed riding leading up to that race. My longer weekend rides, I'd go out and, you know, climb Black Star four times or go to Skyline Jeez. and do that on the single speed and no music. So I also get the mental boredom training, you know, and it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. So yeah, that, that's kind of what training looked like leading up to 24 hours of Old Pueblo. So and then I didn't do a race. I mean, did the Santa Claus Grand Prix, but that was fresh out of La Ruta. And then I didn't do a race until um, Willie and I went out as a team effort and did the six hours at Vail. And A, I'd never really done, done I haven't done much in the way of team efforts. <laughs> and B, it's that all out, you know, sprint for 40 minutes or whatever it is to do one lap and then come back and trade off like, I always feel like I'm going to be the slower one and let a teammate down, which it's mm-hmm. actually real. It caused a lot of anxiety for me. And we went out, man, and I didn't know what had happened. I was like, this is not me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, sweet, something I'm doing is right here. And then that kind of propelled me into being, you know, mentally prepped and ready and have a measure of confidence going into Old Pueblo. So Nice. Yeah. W- what about nutrition? Nutrition, keto, man. Yep. Yep. Keto. Yeah. I leaned up and, um, felt, felt me and me going into it. So it was, it was good. Keto during the race? No, no. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, clearly the first 12 hours, we know that Kimmy didn't eat enough. So (laughs) maybe a few more cookies and bacon would have been great. Some Aria cookies. But I, I was, and that's where the keto thing, you know, Lou and I have talked about it before like training, training low and, and racing high. And I was putting out a lot harder efforts those first 12 hours. It's not like I was sustaining a good solid aerobic or tempo pace the whole time. You know, I was really setting a pace to do well during the, you know, hopefully hurt some people. Give <laughs> <laughs> me the punisher. <laughs> Um, I had a question about the single leg uh, mm-hmm. training, though. So you have mm-hmm. three minutes on, and say you work your way up to three minutes per mm-hmm. leg. How do you, how do you uh, make sure that you're not? I know usually single leg workouts are to 
correct an imbalance. Yes. But how do you make sure you don't create an imbalance with single mm, leg? That is a very good question. Jordan. So like you Damn, have you smart. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking. So it's like especially like you're, if you start with your right leg and then you get tired on your right leg and you go to your left, you have to be able to sustain the same perceived. Yep, you do. Output. Yep. So, so with me, my I'm left leg dominant. My left leg has and will always be much stronger than my right. However, I maintain the exact same body position. Like you, you just kind of learn what your upper body is doing in core, you know, because you can also, it's one thing to push the same gear, do the exact same cadence with one leg versus the other leg. But what is your upper body doing to help? Yeah. What's my upper body doing to help my right leg? You know, what imbalance am I creating? Where am I pulling where I shouldn't be? So it really is about keeping as much still as you possibly can. It also really helps with body awareness and checking in with what every part of your body is doing. And um, really concentrating, you know, those days I, I wouldn't run music. It's all about focus and making sure that, and every time I know my right leg's weaker, you know, and I, I always want to work on my weaknesses and make them better. And so every time I would go into it, I'd really focus on the right leg and just, we are going to be strong today. We are going to get stronger. We are getting the most benefit from this. And in order to do that, you know, you really have to execute well. So, yeah. so yeah, that, that kind of nerding out on the focus to keep myself from hopefully going into that unbalanced state and that was the same with strength training you know with the one leg jump squats and stuff oh, i really have to make sure that right leg is warmed up because yeah. i will ask it to do the exact same as what i'm doing with the left leg yeah mm-hmm. I, I asked because the bike seems like such a, a crazy variable compared to like mm-hmm. jump squats you can mm-hmm. say i'm going to do eight reps of yes. this and so it's yes. like it's easier to kind of yeah you know but that's yeah. interesting All right. yeah that's just where keeping the cadence exactly on point and you know I'll, I'll feel it come two and a half minutes or so that last 30 seconds to get through on the right leg sometimes towards the end of the set is um pretty rough it, it is it's a little bit a little bit rough <laughs> and tiring it's just like we are getting stronger <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah it's good though it was good i was hungry for it i was hungry for the structured training um leading up to that race and the results I got and then I was able to take that into true grit you know obviously I'm not gonna be competitive out at true grit but I was able to shave I wanted to do better than I did the first time out there and I shaved over an hour off my time the previous Jesus, time I that's was out amazing there, I, was, I was really pumped it's a gnarly course it's so much fun yeah, yeah. did did you also race uh, the 24 hours of ale uh last weekend yeah or two weekends ago yeah I did. Um, <laughs> I went out there for fun. I had single speed world championships yeah. two weeks prior. So that's kind of where all my my ducks went, you know, as far as training goes. And um, 24 hours of veil after that mechanical. Um, I, I told myself this would be a race where you can go out and have fun, encourage teammates, do what you want. If you I, want I don't know where, where you get fun out of 24 hours of just punishing. And, you know, veil, I mean. <laughs> that was. Vail's <laughs> a rough course. That's a rough course. Especially if they do like what is that, Marine Hill Jason, or something? Yeah, a dam climb. He the dam climb. Dam climb. Oh yeah, forget and about it. So I walked that stuff. <laughs> I did. I was like, forget this. Sixteen hundred feet of elevation gain. Sixteen hundred feet of elevation gain in eleven miles. Mm. Yeah, I've raced cross no country joke. there, and it's no joke for See, like three laps. So yeah, it's like that's exactly. It was a great course for six hours or something like that, but. 24 hours. Yeah, six hours isn't a big deal. No, it, it is a big deal. It's demand. It it would have been a very demanding course for a six hour race. Yeah. And a twelve a twenty four hour, I, I was, 
I was keen to relax and cheer people on and rest and yeah. spend time with friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, While they're that suffering. was that race. Yep. <laughs> you yep. got this. You got this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. man. So what's up with the singles beauty world champs? Yeah, what isn't up with the yeah, singles right? beauty world champs? Oh my gosh, what an experience. Uh it was a lot of fun. Shenanigans. But also like there there are all different walks of single speeders out there. And of course, single speed is very anti-establishment anyways. So imagine a bunch of them all in one place descending on the same small town together at one given time. <laughs> it's amazing. I would encourage anybody to go and watch this. Even if you don't ride a single speed, go to World Single Speed Championships. Like a scene of like Mad Max when they're like bikers coming to town. Yes. Like, oh my God, hide your children. Yep. <laughs> That's exactly it. Such as Bend, Oregon. It's so closed. Yeah. They went from uh-huh. open to closed. Yes. <laughs> Close the shutters. It was, it was phenomenal. Um, Carl Decker and the crew put together a, a pretty awesome course. It had some, it started out with a good, solid 12, 13 mile climb. And that served me well because I was given the wrong starting location. Yeah. So mm. what happened there? Yeah. So there are three different thumb coffees in Bend, Oregon. And so I was told one of them. And so I rode to it and, um, wrong. Nobody was there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of wondering what's going on. So uh, thankfully there, there were more people that were also, uh, at the wrong location. So one of the guys that was there, his wife said, Oh, it's at this location punched into maps. I'm like, all right, I got 20, 20 minutes to get over there. I can do it. Two and a half miles away, no problem. But you're on single speeds, of course. <laughs> just try to get like there. As as, yes, exactly. <laughs> Showed up to that location. I was like, this is an industrial area. This does not look like the starting location. for You're seeing no bikers, no nothing, no shenanigans. I'm like, this is not the right place. Sure enough, it's the roastery of Thump Coffee in some industrial area. So clearly that's not the right place. So every, you know, the five of us that were left standing are looking at the phones and finally going on the actual like Facebook page and looking at the pin drop. Turns out that pin drop, that thumb coffee wasn't recognized by Apple maps. The other two were. So always use ways. Uh, (laughs) That was another three, four miles away or something. So I wound up being 22, 25 minutes late to the start. It's like your worst nightmare. It's like when you wake up in the middle of the night on the night before a big race like I missed the start. Oh, so then shit. how do you mentally not, you know, you're pissed. You got it. So angry. Yeah. So pissed. And then how do you work through that and just, okay, well, I'm going to make the best of it and make some lemonade out here and see how it goes. Um, I'd make a margarita. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> right, Jordan? No, 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 dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> so then it became kind of a game. Um, of just, okay, I want to pick off as many girls out here as I can. And with it being a 13-mile climb to start with, I thankfully the legs are ready. I changed training around. Yeah, to, good warm-up, too. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Great I, I did. Eight miles into it, already. I'm ready to go. Warm-up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it really was. It was like once I passed that first girl and um, then passed the second and – Started losing count after a while, and I was like, all right, cool, we got this. So just bring it on. So I was kind of in 
in in that that mode to just radar, you know, try to chase down what I could. Someone from Mad Max with Death Race 2000. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Taking souls. Yeah, right. Uh, Wasted. Yeah. Every time you pass, you're just like, oh, I'm just going to. There's another one, yeah. Marcus, the side of the arm. <laughs> It's like when you know, the football, you know, when, when you like had a good hit or something, they put the little sticker on your helmet, like that type of deal. Never heard of that, dude. What? Get out of here, dude. Nope. They put a me, sticker dude. on your helmet when you made a good play in football. That's so sweet and encouraging. <laughs> I was I was thinking more of the sniper that like scratches in an X in his sniper. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> or uh, was it the uh, gangs in New York where the guy had the the, the bully that that's the wooden stick and he like every time he whacked somebody like he'd put like a little. Is this another reference that we're not going to get? <laughs> <laughs> Kimmy got it. Guys in New York. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. All right, if you that. haven't, watch a damn movie. If not, you haven't, old like you, Mad Max, the original. <laughs> Sorry. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Sorry, 90, the originals, man. 90s baby, whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> damn. 90s baby. I know. So, uh, single speed world champs. Yeah. <laughs> throw, me off, throw me off track, Jordan. Get out of here. We're still off track. The new uh, workout... Regimen. So we we, mm. we we learn your your old one. What's the new one? So you're, yes. go, you're going. <laughs> wait, I'm, wait, wait, I'm bringing wait, it back. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're we're, we're still into single speed world champs. Real quick question. <laughs> mileage. What was yes. the mileage like? Mileage was only about forty miles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Probably forty, dude. Forty That's miles. God. Plus, you know, the eight at the beginning, and then um, <laughs> the six is like another six miles back into town after you're done with the race. Um, so it was a good day on the bike. <laughs> that is so yeah, crazy. But it's, it's good. But it's cool. Like it's like all single speeders. Like there's, yep. it's all single speeders. I think Chris, and even the serious the... ones taking it seriously are usually in costume. Heinrich, I think I didn't see him because I started very late. Obviously, I would never catch him. But I think he said, wasn't he wearing like a Gumby outfit the whole entire time? What? I didn't see pictures. What was the word on the? Wait, well, you were like you were like Rex. Superwoman. So I have a single speed cape. <laughs> It's a cape with two S's, right? For uh-huh. single speed, but it looks like the Superman thing. And sometimes I'll wear it for like the first lap at 24 hours or something like that just to be fun. So I thought for world championships, I would wear it to the starting line and then take it off before the race started. But clearly I was on a mission. So then I was like, no, I guess I'm just wearing this the whole time. So I felt like a small baby was trying to choke me the whole time. <laughs> But that, that's cool, you know. Why not? Was there an advantage to, to wearing that cape? No. An advantage? Yeah. Um. No. Downhill? I don't, I don't think there's. Any. Yeah. It helped give me wings in the silk. It's, it's, it's like thing. it's like Formula One, the DRS. You know, when you just open it up. You know, no. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Jordan shakes head. Again. The references have to work for everyone, Lou. <laughs> you don't watch Formula One racing, but no. you you looked at me. Kimmy? I get it. I don't watch Formula One. Okay. Racing. All right. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I know well, it's, it's either Kimmy gets it, but not much. Or, and you don't get it, or you get it, and Kimmy doesn't get it. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Whatever, dude. I digress. <laughs> <laughs> so the cape. Cape. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Little pump. Uh, I, so have to, I have to get a costume now. I got to create a costume. Yeah. Okay. Bring, yeah. It, bring it to the Enduro scene. There were All some right. good ones really good ones out there um but yeah i'm sure you could search on some social media outlets and find all of them Mm. yeah it was a good time every aid station had adult beverages there was one aid station kind of at the top of one of the mountains that had a couch and like a hookah 
situation. Perfect yes. in the middle of a ride. Yeah. Oh, right. Sweet. It's the first thing I think of. <laughs> Who can? <laughs> Who the top doesn't? of the mountain here, I'm like, dude, just, you know, my lung, my lungs up a little bit. You know, just yeah. take a little. Let's get all hookahed up. Yeah. A little bit. Why not? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know how people do that. That or drinking. I can't drink and ride. Mm-mm. I'll fall off the bike. Mm-hmm. One beer and I'm just like, what? Like I get tired and I'm just mm-hmm. like, yeah, let's go. Let's go lay down for a bit. Yeah. No. I tried it a little that. bit when I was in my early 20s riding and drinking simultaneously. It didn't work out very well. Yeah. Nope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mark that off the training routine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You know what? I, um, but plenty can. I mean, there are plenty out there who yeah. are down yeah, the savages. shots and the kegs. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't. I, I don't even yeah. understand. Mm-mm. Oh, man. New training. Right, Jordan? Yeah. What else you got, dude? That's <laughs> you done with single speed world champion? You said there's a lot of single speeders there. I thought that yeah. was an ironic comment. The one thing I will say about Bend, well, it was... I don't know how many there was out there, but I'm sure there was enough. <laughs> yeah, I heard there's a lot of single speeders out there. Damn single speeders. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little feisty tonight. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Here, have some have some deer hammer whiskey, man. Settle yourself down a little Sorry, bit, man. I had that, that simmer down. I had that Mexican haterade. Oh no, you had the Mexican Gatorade, not the haterade. Mexican Gatorade. <laughs> Whatever, dude. I was trying to make a funny thing, but you okay. just ruined it, so it's all right. All right. Then you gave me the white boy haterade, the Michelob Ultra. Hey, man. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little half and half spicy right now. Right, so get, get some of the deer hammer in you, or or some Alvarado sheet. Say. Get some of the deer hammer in you, dude. <laughs> you know my thoughts on this freaking name. I mean, props to the guy. Thank you again for uh, uh, Lenny. Lenny, uh, deer hammer. But that name, man. I'm. Just, hmm. When when he comes to California, we'll ask him. Hmm. We'll ask him There's why. There's gotta be a story behind that. Yeah. Yeah. What's a husband and wife team team yeah. that they that started that that um, distillery in, it better in, be in a good Colorado? Story. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a distillery here in Santa Ana. It's called the Blinking Owl. Isn't it new? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they just opened up. That's a new thing now is like the whole uh, whiskey distillery tasting yes. rooms. So yeah. Mammoth has one now too. Mm, okay. It's cool, mm-hmm. but it's like it's like the new brewery. Well, yeah. I mean, it's it, maybe it might be a little bit healthier because you're not pounding so many dude, beers. Don't even. Yeah. Why are you looking at it like that? <laughs> <laughs> you're looking you at it wrong, it. dude. <laughs> it's not a kombucha plant or something. Oh. Like, you know, <laughs> they're not. They're not putting out some like probiotics for no. you, dude. Like it's it's, that, that, it's not good for you. This is just not as Bad for you. <laughs> you know who it's knows about kombucha is put a hurt in Burton. Okay. He was even oh, about yeah. kombucha. Mm-hmm. He likes kombucha. I don't know what that is, man. That's like, cool. it's isn't that like uh, something that's going bad already? Yeah, a little bit. It's actually, it's good for you, though. Yeah, it's good for you. It's probiotics. Helps with your Pro- microbiome. I mean, I'll just have some yogurt. Yeah. That works too, but like kimchi and then uh, some, some uh, what do you call Kombucha. I can't even think of Kombu- it. Kombucha. The, only, the, only, the only kombucha I've ever had was like 7% kombucha like it was like the alcohol kombucha it was really good oh, okay it was really sure. tasty so it was healthier it's not and healthy dude healthy it's a healthy <laughs> wasted <laughs> feeling uh, that one definitely is not healthy <laughs> <laughs> but it's probiotics you're looking at I all the wrong things i think the alcohol <laughs> killed all the probiotics yeah. it's that high percent it might be loaded how does that work though is a kombucha still if it's got seven percent alcohol in there it's like seven uh, it's no. pretty rough. Tastes uh, good though. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's pretty good for you. <laughs> Kombucha? <laughs> no, seven percent alcohol is. Oh, good okay. For you. All right. <laughs> I'll try it next time. No, not really. Jesus. No, thank you. What else you got, Lou? Uh, <laughs> training. What's your, what's uh, okay? So what's your new training? We're talking about training, right? Well, right now, um, that the season's done. It is 
technically a little bit of my my break, my fun time, my off season. It's only two hundred miles a week. Yeah, <laughs> it's about that much. No, mm-hmm. it's. I mean, I'm I'm still doing. You know, I'm I'm mixing it up. So the cross training, just getting out and running, having fun. I'm going for more hikes. I'm doing more adventuring, just kind of getting out and and moving in different ways than just one direction on on a bike you know yeah. and then doing a little bit more in the way of trail riding which which i like and not having to worry if i tip over to the side and get a bump on the head or something like that mm-hmm. so i saw the little dirt deck you had there which one, <laughs> which one? <laughs> i've had some good ones this yeah. year i can't remember <laughs> oh that one on the main divide yeah oh yeah that was a good one yep i was doing uh maple springs i was with some of the phoenix cycling crew some of the kids and um calling kids but they can outride me any day and so we're on the main divide and one of the guys was right next to me and my front tire got in a rut and so I went down he didn't have time to compensate so he tried to kind of bunny hop to miss my head and I think just his pedal kind of hit my head and he rolled out of it or something like that and it was a good one it was in like one of the silty sections of of the main divide Okay. So it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Terrible. That wasn't part of the structured plan. <laughs> Not so much. No. No. And another time I was commuting to work and I fell in a gutter and broke ribs. And I mean, it's just the silliest, stupidest little fall. You know? aye, that's aye, that's aye. my jam. I like the stupid, dumb falls that shouldn't okay. happen. So, yeah. And literally, it was right after, like right before pulling into work. And back tire just skidded out, and I went sprawling, and ribs, and bruised, you know, elbow, and everything. That was, I was a little worried about that, because that was only about six weeks, nah, seven weeks before single speed world championships, so. That's got to be tough. Yeah. The ribs are no joke, too. Yeah. I've bruised them, I've never broken them, but, mm. like, knock on wood, but that's that took me about six weeks to even heal up from bruised ribs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've broken ribs on the left pretty hard, so my left the left side of my rib cage is pretty weak anyway. So, I mean, you can flick me hard enough. It'll probably break. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's all part of writing. You know, I could fall <laughs> walking down a flight of stairs. So at least I'm that doing things true. I enjoy. Consider the stairs up here. They're not, I don't think they're OSHA approved. Yeah. Those are it's pretty, pretty damn steep sketch. head angle on that thing. Mm-hmm. Having right. a hard time getting up those stairs. <laughs> I'm just saying, dude, like somebody drinks a little bit more than they should. And, you, you brought the deer hand. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Give, give me an ice cube, man. Give me an ice cube. Get yourself an ice cube. It's right in Damn, front of you. Damn, man. <laughs> uh, so, I guess the structured part of the workout. Let's get to that point. Mm. So, you're doing mm-hmm. shorter rides this year. You're thinking yeah. maybe 50 mile. Are you, you think 100 mile up to 100 miles? Or you, yeah, probably. So, like, are you going to do more like anaerobic stuff or like maybe yeah. shorter interval yeah. things? Yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Yeah. You already have the base, obviously, but mm-hmm. you're just, you got to, like, 50 mile races would probably seem like nothing to you. Yeah, honestly, for a long time, 50 milers were my Achilles heel. And still, yeah. I have to work really hard to be competitive at a 50 mile event. It's always been one of those where it's too long to go all out, of course, but it's way too short for me to start outlasting people, you know, and out, out suffering and out enduring. And that seems to be my jam. Yeah. Yeah. When the stuff gets real in the middle of the night or when the stuff gets real during a long, long, long ride or race, that's where I 
I start feeling pretty good. I mean, it, it sounds interesting, but it just sounds interesting. I don't know if what the I long rides like a twenty four hour race when you're. I like, would I would love to do it. It's just it's just the you preparation. Should. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Yeah, yeah. But you should definitely. Should. You know, you start hallucinating without just like do actually it. doing drugs. Yeah. I want. I actually I mean, truly after the podcast I listen to it with Courtney. It's like ah, mm-hmm. this sounds actually kind of cool. Like, yeah. I want to get to that point. I just want to be able to do it. Like I, I guess I've told people, yeah, I'm going to do endurance. They're like, you're 25. Like, don't. What are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be having fun. Like, don't do endurance yet. That's when you turn 40, you'll get into. That <laughs> yeah, one. when when you when you get old, go to yeah. endurance. Yeah. What what are your thoughts on that, Kimmy? I mean, it, it favors. I wouldn't say it favors mm-hmm. older people, but you can do it for longer. You can do it for longer, and also too, your lungs don't stop maturing until later in life like especially for women when I first broke into the endurance scene I was the young one you know when I when I started I was like 28 29 and most of the women that I was competing against were in their late 30s and I dug into it at one point in time I'm not going to get the numbers straight but I think women's lung capacity continues to get stronger and stronger and doesn't feel like a slow decline until like early 40s I believe and men, it's it's right around the same time. And so that is conducive to you can get your lungs and aerobic capacity kind of prepped to be in their best shape a little bit later in life. And also the maturity, it takes a long time to build up that kind of a base Yeah. so, so that it's comfortable. <clears throat> so you can get fast while holding a lower heart rate, faster whilst holding a lower heart rate. It just takes years of, of training that. That's, yeah. That was a tough part for me regarding, you know, with, when we're, I was mm-hmm. training for that is yeah. keeping your heart rate like 140. Yeah. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Until you actually measure your heart rate, you don't realize what your heart rate is. Mm-hmm. Especially because, I mean, I ride Oaks because it's the closest thing to me. At Oaks, you're not keeping a low heart rate if you're mm-hmm. in the park. Like, no. it's, you're up and down, up and down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, every ride I do there now is like hour and a half. If I have an hour and a half, it ends up being like 2,000 feet of climbing mm-hmm. or more. And it's like, that's not usually like the go to if you're, doing like a longer ride yeah. then at least like in that short amount of time right so to me that was the hardest part out. like yes you know pretty, pretty much you're like spinning yep and you know and, and just focusing on hours <clears throat> on the bike versus miles on the bike yes and i just didn't put music and you know like mm-hmm. no headphones or nothing i just rode yep so once you told me to do that two hour thing that I, I that's when i started using headphones i never used headphones before so i gotta take those out <laughs> Start listening to podcasts. I don't. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind like not listening to music. No, right? Yeah, totally. I just start. My mind just starts thinking about a bunch of stuff yeah. anyway. So you do. Like, yeah. You start processing stuff. I should probably do that. I just mm. like I was telling him. He doesn't even know what a hypochondriac is, but I'm a hypochondriac. Sure. So I'm not, yeah. I don't. I don't go to yep. Cal State Dominguez Hills, man. Sorry. <laughs> just kidding, man. It's not a. It's not a. Smart I know. Word, I know, man. I'm just busting your chops. <laughs> Damn. But I just feel like I I, I want to not think about that kind of stuff. So I guess that's yeah. my own issue I gotta work on. Yeah. But, uh, Pills, medication. I, I used I used music <laughs> for a lot of years, mostly because you know I had to. My lungs weren't strong. I I got into endurance sport when I was told I certainly would never. You know I had very bad asthma, and so it was a matter of working through that, and that took a lot of. It, it hurt a lot. You know, I'd struggle with asthma attacks, climbing up something like Mathis. You know, I'd have three asthma attacks on the way up. I probably have, have I, I'm, I'm not a, I, I could probably have one of those too. Just <laughs> Mathis, right? <laughs> you, you, you try doing Mathis without stopping. Yeah. It's, you, you it's can, is that asthma though, bro? No. It's not. <laughs> but it feels like it. <laughs> it 
<laughs> yeah. So were like that part? Yeah. Did, did you have like the childhood asthma and then you worked out of it, or was it the the athletic induced? No, no, I had childhood asthma. I spent a lot of my childhood in and out of ERs and everything, and I was on Jeez. the breathing machines and the steroids. And doctors from a very early age told me I had weak lungs. I should focus more on like you know the surfing and the snowboarding, and I did for a number of years, and then. I mean, I'm a Spitfire Redhead. We just want to prove them wrong, right? And so I was like, I'm going to build a single-speed mountain bike. I'm going to do the counting coup on it. And I'd never done anything like that before. And it's just like what your brain can accomplish over, you know, what you think your body is capable of. It's amazing. So much more so. And I've only scratched the surface, you know. I mean, we truly are capable of so much more than we think. But it did. It took a lot of stubbornness, certainly, but a lot of hard work going out and letting my lungs be in pain and then stop and let them simmer down and then keep going mm-hmm. and just never opt out of a ride, keep going, but um, slow down when I needed to. And it took a few years and then slowly the asthma started going into remission and I never bring an inhaler or anything with me. I was very focused on, I mean, I grew up with it. So I knew the breathing exercises and everything that you had to do to pull yourself out of it. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it took me years I remember the first time I was told, if you can do Mathis in under half an hour without stopping, you're doing awesome. And I remember that day. It was 28 and a half minutes. I got up Mathis without stopping. And, I mean, that was a better feeling than probably winning a race that day. Because that meant I I actually stuck with something long enough to be able to do that. That's cool. That's some dedication. Now, what do you do Mathis in now? Like like five minutes? (laughs) (laughs) On the e-bike, you know. <laughs> I don't think I've ever timed myself. Certainly a little shorter than 28 and a half minutes. That's cool, though. I didn't know you can actually work through it like that. Yeah. I always hear people say, especially the people that, like, there's a guy that just uh, finished swimming around the UK. Yes. Did you see that? I, I haven't dived, divin, divin, dived? I haven't dived into that story I like yet, the, I like I that to. dive, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Do- I haven't dove in. I haven't dove in. Um, Whatever, man. <laughs> No, I'm just thinking it's funny. You're a dick, guys, Jordan. Guys, 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 guys <laughs> a swimmer. You know, a swimmer. I'm sure people are listening to like, this guy's a dick. I'm just saying it. Stop listening then. Go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I feel like those guys, it was him. And then uh, David Goggins is another guy. It's some crazy overachiever. He's like, yeah, you know, it's mind over matter, mm-hmm. whatever. And it's like whenever I look at those guys, especially the guy that, that's, that was swimming the that whatever it was, 2,000 miles, mm-hmm. 157 days. They're like, yeah, mind over matter. It's like, look at your body, dude. Like, mm. you're ripped beyond belief. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's easy for you to say, I mean, yeah, mind over matter. But right. it's like, I don't right. know. But at least for you, it's like I can see, like, the progress up to that yeah. point. It's just funny with these other guys. Yeah. They're like, yeah, dude, I just swam 15 miles a day for 157 days. Mind over matter. It's like, you look like a world-class Like, athlete, you've done man. this your whole life. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You grew up in a pool. You've been on swim team, and you're probably a lifeguard through high school. Like, you yeah. know, those sorts of things. Hard to take them seriously. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. For me, truly, it was... Starting with asthma, that's crazy. It, like Very I, I, much nothing endurance-related. I Doctors wouldn't let me run the mile when I was in junior high school. Geez, but, wow. you know, like those sorts of things. And you get told no enough, and I just I fell in love with the sport, you know, and I, I wanted to try, see what I could do. What's the worst that could happen? I wouldn't finish the mm-hmm. counting coup. And I thought I was going to die that day. I'd never actually ridden all, I'd never ridden 44 miles, but I hadn't even ridden all the trails, never done Upper Holy Gym, 
hadn't even done Holy Gym and only had done Black Star to Motorway once. And it was two weeks before that killing coup. Jesus. And I lined up and I did it. And I thought I was going to die going up Maple Springs, but I was the first female singles beat to finish. And the time was certainly nothing to write home about, but I just fell in love with it. I finished and wanted to do it and I was off running. If anything, that was like the perfect setup to build up to endurance riding, though, because it was such a mental struggle, plus yes. the athletic yeah. bit. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Weird. So, it's like, yeah, you, you had no other way of doing it. You mm-hmm. had to focus on the mental aspect yeah. where it's like other people have to yeah. have to think about putting in the mental aspect into it. Yes. It's a cool story. I think a lot of people feel like, it's, oh, it's just easy, man. You just got to... Well, a lot of or, people, or especially the macho men, they just think I'm going to get the best fitness. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to work out every day. Yep. I'm just going to, you know, grit it out. But yeah, the mental aspect is definitely a, yeah. it's a big thing. It's a huge component. A lot of people don't talk about it, especially like mm-hmm. downhillers and uh, endur- and, and like the endurance riders, obviously, but like downhill and enduro riders, mm-hmm. they, there's a lot of mental training that goes into that. Absolutely. And I've, I've only heard a couple of people talk about it. Lee Donovan was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, back when she was racing uh, downhill, but d- there was just like actual days of like meditation that her coach would say, "Hey, lay down for like a half hour and then mm-hmm. focus on one uh, body part a day." Mm-hmm. And leading up to the race, I think it was like six weeks up to the race, she would do it like like three or four times a week or so, and you just focus on weighting your hands, like lay down flat on the, on the ground, weight your hands, and do that for like a half hour. Just don't lose focus on that. The next day, um, your feet. The next day, your head. Just like that whole body awareness aspect. Yeah. And then she talked about the race leading up to that, um, the race that she uh, did, whatever, I forgot what uh, location, but she won the race. And she said it was weird because I remember every turn of that race. Yeah. Like you remember everything mm-hmm. versus like enduro. I feel like six, well, like in Oregon, you do a 13 minute run. Mm-hmm. I remember maybe two sections. The rest yeah. was just a blur. Yeah. You're just killing yourself. But right. it's like, I guess if you work on that mental bit, you can kind of slow things down a bit. Yeah. It's kind of like Nino. I mean, you know, you've seen some of his videos at like North yeah. Sharkets or whatever, and like yeah. he's like juggling like with one foot, like balancing. Oh, he's crazy. Oh yeah. You know, and I mean, well, I mean, look at you look at his results. Yeah. You, know? you got to put the time in. You yeah. just can't expect it to happen overnight. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Jordan, what do you think? You're gonna you're gonna start racing some endurance races next year or what, man? Yeah, I just got to work on the bike situation, I guess. I have a bike. I just I don't have a warranty on the frame now. I've already broke it once. Oh, okay. I've had to fix it. Uh, sure. <laughs> um, looks good as new. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't broken. Looks good as new. I just, I'm like scared to ride the thing and break it again because mm. I don't want to spend the money on fixing it again. So I need to get rid of that thing and get a, a new bike. But I want to get a full suspension bike, but it's funny because you ride hardtails. Mm-hmm. Um, I want full suspension. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. You think no, that's the direction everybody's going to go towards is like just like, I mean, you see like World Cup cross country racing, like everybody's going to full suspension yeah, bikes. Yeah, they truly are. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I need, it's my only, it's going to be my only bike. So yeah, it's like, exactly. I want to have something I can do kind of longer fun rides versus Absolutely. cross country. Yeah. And but as far uh, as the age thing, getting back to everybody's telling you, you know, no, now's the time to do XC. I think the younger you are, the more disciplines you should try to feel what you like and maybe there's something some new passion that'll be sparked from trying a different discipline like endurance you know and the same goes for any age I feel like all of us should try different disciplines and and get the most out of each one and then go from there as far as like okay which one would I devote a solid year to year two to there's a lot of twos in that sentence (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I started off with cross country because um, yeah. I went straight from cross country running to racing cross yes. country. Uh, my cross country coach in high school was um, uh, Pat Hadley. Do you know Pat Hadley? Mm-hmm. She was a uh, um, UCI uh, World Cup rider in the nineties. I think she oh, won. Cool. I think she won ninety seven and ninety nine. I want to say, nice. but she brought her titanium bike. It was a Linsky, huh. I think. Yes. Um, when I was running it and she was like, yeah, I used to mountain bike back in the day, whatever. And, um, I was like, I got to try this out. It sounds mm-hmm. kind of fun. So I do, I was doing cross country for about four or five years and then everybody started going to enduro cause that was like the cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I did that for like three years and I did well the first couple of years. And then the third year I just kind of fell off. And then, <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Some people <laughs> anyways, <laughs> but, uh, I kind of plateaued lost it and then uh like wiley coyote you know like hey bro (laughs) i deserve this um and then i just i I go back to it now when i was doing cross country again this year i I do better with cross country because i know i can pace better if i have like a like an hour hour and a half long lap i can do an hour and a half every lap yep where other people tend to kind of peter off but i don't have that kind of explosive five minute six minute seven Mm -hmm. minute enduro thing so Mm -hmm. that's why i'm trying to go back to cross country so that's why the endurance would be fun yeah but it's all fun to try. You know, you could go out and do a six-hour race tomorrow and probably be just fine. Probably not. No. no. Pro- probably <laughs> not. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't know. I've, I mean, I don't, I don't do long rides. So, like, my longest ride I've ever done was maybe 46 miles. Doesn't matter. Right. The hours don't. It, it truly doesn't. Like, if you've done a 46-mile ride, what was that? Three hours, four hours for you? Uh, that one was probably four or five. This last weekend I rode, um, in Noble Canyon and we did. Oh, I'm hoping to hit up Noble in a couple of weeks. It's fun. I know. It's, it's good. And that's actually the closest Epic I have to where I live now. So close proximity, close proximity. Temecula or? I work in Temecula. So I actually moved down to Wildemar, which is outside of Marietta. Yeah. Damn, you're way down there. I am way down there. Never been to Noble, though, huh? I have. Oh, yeah, I've been to Noble. Now it's just closer, easier access, so so I like it. Yeah, Yeah, we did like 35 miles or so, and I was dying. That's a good day at Noble. 35 miles at Noble is... is like 60 miles elsewhere. (laughs) Yeah, we we started at the bottom. I don't don't know what the name... I don't know what... Where the like, and I, I mm-hmm. don't know the location where we started at the bottom. We went yep. up to the top to uh, the like Mount Laguna, where you yes. ride the road for a bit, yep. hang out. Then we did that extra loop up Heck by the yeah. lake. That was pretty That's fun. So and then the ride down was like I was dying. Like yeah. the whole way down, like stairway to hell or whatever. It's mm. like, oh my god. That was pretty rough. But yeah, I, I, that's those are like the longer rides I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't do the six hours or whatever. I guess I That's could. enough. That's more than enough. Just gotta try it. Mm-hmm. Going out and doing a six-hour race or even an eight-hour race, like like you were saying about a 200-mile, it's not like I'm going out doing 200 miles on the mountain bike to train for a 24-hour, 200-mile ride. Like, you really aren't. It's true. I'm not even going out and doing 12, 12-hour rides. There was a time when I think I was trying to match, like when I was racing more 12 hours, I would try to go out and do 10, 11-hour rides, and you're just beating yourself up. Yeah. It takes longer to recover, and that's less quality time you could be spending Mm-hmm. working on your power working on your threshold you know all of that stuff you're kind of wasting more days recovering true so putting in even a two or three hour hard effort or an effort with lots of ups and downs and tough intervals that will absolutely net you great results for a six hour race so that was gonna be my next question like what <clears throat> like what's a good quality like hour like, obviously hours right so like mm-hmm. Three hour ride, four hour ride. I mean, what what would you recommend? 
for somebody like trying to get into endurance racing, like they were like, oh, what yeah. is this about? Like, I want to do like a six hour race. Well, it's yeah. going to change a bunch though, depending on your day or the week, I would mm-hmm. assume, right? Yeah, exactly. And what you're doing during the week, you know, if, if you're a lot of people have so many weekly stresses, stressors in their lives and not that they're bad things, you know, they have a lot of quality things to to do in your week you've got a full-time job maybe you're married and have kids and have a family and you have obligations and friends and a social life and you know your kids social lives and their sports and things like that I think that those are absolutely priority so maybe you are a weekend warrior maybe you only get out for maybe a half hour ride with some of your friends during the week once or twice and then you have maybe a shorter time on saturday you can put in an hour long and then maybe on sunday you only have three hours to work with mm-hmm. you can absolutely get fit for a six hour race in that time that's what people don't realize yeah. you know you, it's it's about the quality not the quantity necessarily mm-hmm. and you know if you're outside playing with your kids in the backyard there's your recovery activity right there no it's true you know if you're no. going for a walk with your wife at nighttime like that's totally recovery activity right there People don't realize that daily movement is absolutely just as much a benefit to overall health and your aerobic capacity, all of those things, and just functional movement in general. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people fall short. They focus too much. And I've been there. I've been here. When I was training for some of my first 100-mile races, it would be like the biggest point in my day was the hard ride I had, and then the rest of the day I was sitting my ass on the couch. Mm Mm-hmm. That's not doing anybody any good. No. No. It's all about continuing movement. Objects in motion stay in motion, and I'm a firm believer in that. And so if you're if you're moving a lot throughout the day, you're going to get a lot more benefit from longer races, certainly. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. And becoming a morning person, too. Oh, <laughs> mornings are good. Mornings are awesome. I like mornings. Yes. They're Jordan, good. they're good you, once you get out of bed. Oh <laughs> I, 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 I have to, I have to get up You're and go to work. Those. No, uh-huh. I, I have to get up. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mom, no. I don't want to go to school. <laughs> I, 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 I say I need my sleep, but I do go to bed too late, and I, I want to wake mm. up at five in the morning, four thirty in the morning, whatever. But I yeah. <sighs> go to bed It's early, like man. fifteen minute drive to get to the local trail. It's mm. like uh, mm. I just started get back into running, so I might do that That's now in good. the mornings. Yeah takes less time you do get a little bit more bang for your buck as far as time wise time wise yeah yeah. you can put in shorter intervals when when you're running too you can finish up quick sprint workout for eight minutes you know just quick 30 seconds on and 30 seconds off and you probably are gaining the same threshold anaerobic yeah benefits as you would maybe a half hour sprint drills all out session on your bike I'm just getting over that hump right now of getting back into running where I'm cramping up oh, towards yeah. the end, so I'm yeah. trying to get past that right now. But uh, towards the end, you're cramping up. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. today, I just I, uh, before this, I just did like a 5k, mm-hmm. and uh, I felt good. But once I stopped, it was like all right, I gotta stretch for a mm-hmm. bit. I remember like when I was running back I, yep. back in the day, I could do five, seven, mm-hmm. eight mile, whatever it was. I was doing like two, three uh, days a week, eight mile runs, and I was mm-hmm. pretty good with that. Mm-hmm. But it's just having to get to that point. Right. You have mm-hmm. to acclimate. Are you doing like? Are you doing recovery jogging for the last five minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, I start with, like, a 15-minute warm. Like, today I was just yeah. doing, like, a bunch of stretches and whatnot, and I'll, I'll walk for, like, maybe the first quarter mile or yeah. so. 
And then I'll go for the 5K, and then I'll just kind of just run the loop in my neighborhood mm-hmm. just slow. Sweet. But I still, I lock up. It's mm-hmm. just one of those things. But Gotta love mm-hmm. running. Feel I'm good a fan after of trail time. running. Like flat running, I, uh, I, I get a little bored. I'm not going to. Yeah. And in the cars trailing. and everything else. Oh, and yeah. The, and the people. I don't want to see people. No, I don't, I don't want people. <laughs> you're, in the wrong, you're in the wrong yep. state, amigo. Uh-huh. Right in the middle of Irvine, so it's kind of, <laughs> you know. Like, I mean, if somebody wants to find you, they're going to find you, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's like, not, they're not going to have to listen to this show. At all, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want a deer hammer to find me. <laughs> you're going to get hammered Lenny. by the deer. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Kimmy. Lou. Thanks again for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. Jordan, thanks again for busting my chops. <laughs> <laughs> it's my job. Somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody does have to do it. Yeah. That's true. Uh, any any last uh, thoughts? Before <laughs> what? Before we leave? <laughs> Before the deer hammer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jesus. I, I got some in my cup you, here, man. You did that last, uh, was it last podcast or two podcasts ago? Like you, you said to the, I think it was two podcasts ago. You're like, so any last words? And I was just like, Great wording there, Lou. Yeah. Like, <laughs> any last words before we cut the mic and before kill you? Before we cut the mic, yeah. Well, I'd like to tell my sister I love her. And, <laughs> like, what kind of last words are we talking? <laughs> I, um, no, I. I like how you got quiet after that. You, you, yeah, you quiet. just be like, yeah, yeah, not like that. No, no like, we that's not going to happen. That's a funny joke, Kimmy. <laughs> Jesus, Lou. I know, I'm terrible this sometimes. Last episode of Beyond oh, the Bible. I'm terrible goodness. sometimes. Not all the time, sometimes. Hmm. <laughs> Is that no, Michael of Ultra? It, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, it is. That's a terrible joke. All right. Anyways. Last words. I I don't know. I mean. Your words of wisdom. No one. I don't have any wisdom. I I just have experiences and some experience in learning the hard way and doing things wrong and trying to slowly do things right and it's all it's all learning. It's all fun. If you're not having fun with it, then maybe you maybe you're doing something wrong. Mm. That's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. There's some there's some hard stuff, of course, and some of it is very painful and takes a while to get through, but if the underlying part of it isn't fun, then make sure mm-hmm. you go find something that is. And she's not wise, she says. Yeah, like no, 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 yeah. I'm not, I'm not wise. <laughs> Kimmy's pearls of wisdom. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> what, Jordan? What are you going to say, man? I'm smiling, dude. What do you want me to say? Yeah. Every time you come in the studio, I, you know, I was like, man, you know, there's something that, you know, I just, there's always something to glean from when, when Kimmy comes to the studio. No, you know, this, this is the third time you've been in the studio talking about racing and, and mm-hmm. a bunch of other stuff and adventures, and I, I really appreciate you coming into the studio. Yeah, I appreciate talking you talking to having us. Me. Yeah. It's a good vibe. Yeah. yeah. Definitely, like, Chill. I hope it inspired you, Jordan, really, to do some endurance to do racing. Do what? Oh, endurance okay. racing. <laughs> <laughs> to do what? <laughs> to drink more deer hammer, Jordan. Yeah. We hope. I got. I got to not do that. Apparently, <laughs> yes. endurance riders don't drink. So, well, no, I'm, plenty I'm already do. On, I'm already in the back nine. No, Damn. Plenty do. Just because I don't. Plenty do. I didn't even get through the whole structure thing either that I want to get to, but it's all right, dude. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. It, we'll it's, there. it's a work in progress. You know how. You know how we go, man. It's a, it's, it's a, you know, gradually, week by week, you just build up to where we're finally, like, right on track, mm-hmm. you know? We're not, we're not off the rails like we always but are. But we talked about structured training the whole time. Yeah. Like Jordan would be interested, but how many people would be like, oh, my God. This oh, for sure. Structured training one more time. Yeah. 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 
I'm sure they probably already don't like me, so. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, here you are. Week in, week out. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Bike on Hits 101 Radio. We'll see you guys next time. See you.